Welcome back to another edition of Dingers and Caves. My name is Jeremy Altshaw. I'm here with Jamal Roussel. What are we on? 30, 40? 39 or 40. 39 or 40. So I want to say 39. You might be right. So that's what? Roy Campanella. No, that was last time. So Roy Campanella was last time? Yes. So now it is 40. 40. So now we got Madison Bumgarner, Bartolo Colon. I'll take Bartolo. Frank Tanana. <laughs> Bartolo will work for me. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition. Always oh, got some good stuff going on. Yeah. What's going on with you, Jamal? Everything good? I am good. No reason to be a little ball of hate. My team isn't messing up. Not yet. We're hitting June. Yeah. Today's literally June 1st. You guys are still in first. Mm-hmm. First time since 06, I believe, mm-hmm. both New York teams are in first place of their division. Yeah. The object's not to be in first on June 1st. And then- I just like that. <laughs> if this continues July, the first time since like 05, August, first time since like 04. It'll just slowly keep going back. I'll believe it when I see it. Because again, last season, everything looked fine. On July 31st, everything was fine. That is correct. And then August 1st, everything started to go rapidly downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so, literally like the next day. Just, yeah. Trade deadline went because they had a five game lead last year. Nice uh, part is I don't think they had double digits last year at any point. No, no. But you guys are at now with at least the bottom half. Yeah. We'll see how it looks, but it's better to have it be 10 games up than 10 games back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what did you guys finish at last year? Under 10? 10 games behind? Yeah. It was around 10. I want to say maybe 11. Okay. So you guys have 10 and a half on the next place team, on the right. second place. Right. Washington is a nice 17 behind. Yep. Thanks for coming. Yeah. They showed up. They they have to play 162 games too. Correct. Miami is not really producing as much offensively. No. Pitching rotation, like we called it. Yeah. I was hoping for a lot more one zero, two zero games. Yeah. Um, they're at like three to two, mm-hmm. three to one instead. Flip backwards for them, but it's looking nice. It's looking nice unless there's an absolute collapse. It, it's happened before. Yeah. You guys got your two aces out, but we'll I, see. I lived through 2007, 2008. One of the years they were up, uh, had a seven game lead with 17 games to go and managed to not make the playoffs. So let's just say I'm not getting carried away. Just it yet. happens. It happens. <laughs> We're back though. We get dingers and K's. We have more of the season to talk about sneaky teams out there kind of making a resurgence. Yeah. Some teams Our team's in the good. Our team's bad. We got, we got to talk about Seattle today because I think we were both pretty high up on them. Yeah. And it turns out it may have been a fluke. It might've been a little bit of a hangover. You made some moves. Thought you were bolstering the offense and it really hadn't done much for you. Yeah, it turns out their best addition was came from inside the company already. Yeah, pretty much. But we'll get to those. We have dingers and K's. You have a dinger for me. I uh, believe it's historical. Yeah. So my dinger of the week is, you know, going back theme, keeping it topical. Basically, 36 years ago, a movie was released right around this time called oh, Top yes. Gun. Okay, 1986. What was the topic again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Top Gun came out in 1986. So you remember those days. Yes. Right. So in honor of Top Gun coming out 36 years ago, I decided to go, well, let's go with the MVPs from 1986. Nice. So it works for both. Works for both ways. Dinger and my K. So my- I can even add to that. All right. First time ever seeing Top Gun is at Dodger Stadium. Still baseball related. Yes. (laughs) How'd that happen? Went to a Dodger Padre game. Uh At the end of the day, they were showing a game. They were showing the movie. Okay. It was like movie night at the stadium or something like that. So we watched the game and like, okay. And you just hung out and watched watched the movie. 
<laughs> so I watched the movie at Dodger Stadium. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> and, and did you approve of the film? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. I was I had heard of the movie. I'd never seen it. Right. I was just there. I was like, all right, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're on Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, but I was just watching like, yeah, you're pretty good. It's pretty good stuff right here. Yeah, it's not the worst film that he's made. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I actually liked it. I enjoyed the movie. I think when we first started watching it, I was getting mixed up between that and Pearl Harbor. I'm like, when does the guy die? When are we going to war type of scenario? <laughs> like, is that the movie we're watching today? I just remember all the planes. I was like, no, nope, this isn't it. Yeah, no. This, I like, nope. I really like the Pearl Harbor movie. And I was like, oh, I wanted to watch the other one. <laughs> yeah, I, will, I won't get too far into the, the history of the Pearl Harbor film. Let's just <laughs> some questionable stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. I really like that movie, though. No, no, no. It's an enjoyable film. It's like five hours long, but it's to me, it was worth it. Well, it's like a... It's like two, it's two half, movies. Yes, yeah, like two movies, basically. Two movies mixed into one. Yeah. I, you know, the first time I saw that one was at school, actually. It was part of my history class. Oh, the history professor was keeping it light here. Watch this. Yeah, pretty much. It was All like right. a movie once a month. And it was okay. like, that was a movie. Watch that for a couple of days. And- All right. Yeah, we're going to have some pilots mixed in. They're going to be fighting the Japanese. The two pilots who got planes off the ground. They mix in the Doolittle raids into Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah. There was a lot in that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, good movie, good movie. But Top Gun, yes, Top Gun, nineteen eighty six. So, National League MVP from nineteen eighty six is Mister Michael Jack Schmidt. Correct. All right, as you knew, as, as I knew, as yes. <laughs> so, this will be his five hundredth home run. Okay, off of Don Robinson. Harry Callis is on the call. I have mentioned Harry Callis before, the famous Philadelphia announcer. But this is one of his iconic moments. Mm-hmm. And as we were talk, talking about in our pre-production meeting, he's, to me, Mike Schmidt's probably the greatest third baseman ever. Correct. You did state that. Gold gloves, home runs, all of it. So here we go. We'll let it roll. So this is against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who you, your Dodge have seen enough of them to last Ugh, the rest yeah, of the that's year. That's the worst right now. Here's the stretch by Robinson. The 3-0 pitch. Swing and long drive! Who allowed him to swing on a 3-0 pitch? 500! The career 500th home run for Michael Jack Smith! And the Phillies have regained the lead in Pittsburgh! 8-6! And the Phillies dugout comes swarming out to home plate! That's awesome. So that is Harry Callis on the call, and as you hear the excitement, and if you ever see the video of it, the little kind of sort of dance he does when he hits the home run. So, like I said, he's an all-time legend, and this is one of his legendary moments. So, again, National League MVP, 1986, which coincidentally, 1986 ends up great for me. It works yeah, out spectacularly. Yeah, that works out for you guys. Yeah, yes, correct, <laughs> correct. You know what's cool? I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at Citizens Bank, it's been a while since I've been there, they have like a huge statue of him, like right in the middle. You should. Like right before you walk in, coming off of the subway. Mm-hmm. It's like right there. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's before I hadn't gotten to a stadium where there was statues. Right. Like even at Staples Center, I never really noticed the statues at least. I think at that okay. time they only had like one or two when I went. Yeah. But I was like, whoa, like this thing is like at the time it looked huge. I'm like, right. man, that's pretty cool. On just seeing it, you know, like right. that they did this that long ago type of scenario where like, oh, that's one of our greats. Yeah, this is our icon. You go. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I really like that. So my guy does not have 500 home runs. Okay. Matter of fact, he has a cup of coffee so far in the major leagues. All right. You know, we all dream about being in the majors, right? 
Yes, we do. And at first at bat, you just want to go up there and just crush a ball. Exactly. This man did it. Christopher Morell of the Chicago Cubs, first at bat, just launches a ball off those irritating pirates. <laughs> About to win five or six games against the top team in the league. Yeah. It's nonsense. <laughs> but that's baseball for you. But yeah, Christopher Morell, eighth inning, pinch hitting, full count. It doesn't get much better than that, right? Other than if it was the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, walk off. It's like off, bottom right. of the ninth, walk off type of scenario. Right. Bottom eight, up 6 0. He's getting his at bat. Here's a 3 2. Out of the stadium. One hop. Let's miss first base while rounding. First career at bat, first career home run. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it's all downhill from there. Pretty much, right? Like, what for him, it's actually working out. He's already in the leadoff spot for the Chicago Cubs, playing third base in the outfield, doing a little bit of everything. I think he was on a stolen bash, stolen bash, stolen base streak, three mm-hmm. games. Like, he's doing a little bit of everything over there, giving that giving him a little north side, that little, yeah. little energy they need to maybe, I don't think it's going to happen, but. Make a little baby push. Just to be respectable. Exactly where they're not underneath Pittsburgh. Yeah, because that's not what you're, what you're trying to do. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That's happening. We got issues. Yeah, because again, the Cubs, yeah, just it shouldn't happen because the Pirates are the Pirates. And yeah. Hopefully it, the world restores itself at some point. Yeah, I could see. Well, I think it will by just sheer force of circumstance because we do have a trade deadline. Yeah, 31st. And, you know, Pittsburgh could be doing some things. National holiday right there. Yeah, I think they could be doing some things. I don't think the Cubs will be doing as much. So, no. When it's all said and done, you'll look up and you've inched ahead. You know, they won 67, you won 72, but you ended up ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you just don't want to be at the end. Like, you don't want to be in that division where you already know it's like a weaker right. division. You just. There's two teams. on. You don't want to be the Reds who are just looking up. No, I'm just curious. Will the Reds pass anybody? They shouldn't. They know what's good for them. They will not pass anybody. Just who knows? You know, will you get hot and just, you know, we had a bad start and now the owners have apologized to their fans. Well, right now they're battling with Washington and the Royals. Yeah. My assumption is the Royals probably end up with the best record of the three teams. I think they're young guys as the season progresses. I'll go with it. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. Progresses and they get, you know, the game slows down and they have better results. Like we've seen Bobby Witt, who yeah. everybody thought was going to run away type of scenario mm-hmm. with the AL rookie of the year. And yeah. he's okay. Yeah, he's all right. He's good. Rookie year. He's a rookie guy. <laughs> right. He's a rookie guy. And there's a lot of the squad is like that. Salvador Perez is out. Mm-hmm. We've talked about their pitching rotation where we thought the numbers maybe could have been shown that they were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Just hasn't worked out for the squad in general. No. Again, yeah, by the end, by the time it's all said and done, yeah, I think that'll be your best bet. Also, I think they have the least number of kind of movable pieces. So therefore, deadline day, they're just, this is the team you got where the others might make moves. Get rid of that bullpen arm, this bullpen arm, where I think your Royals are just kind of set. Yeah, I don't think they have a lot of movable pieces. No. <laughs> I mean, unless you really want Carlos Santana that bad. <laughs> Everybody needs a Carlos Santana. You can trade him for Casey Blake. Yeah, there you go. 
I'm putting up my post-it right here. I see you writing furiously on the whiteboard. Yes, sir. All right. Royals finished with a better record than Washington and Cincy. All right. He's calling his shot now. Because they are technically in last place. Yeah. They have the 16 wins. It is. I'll have to fix it later. But right. Royals finished with a better record right there. All right. All right, so we have the prediction. I got my prediction right there. <laughs> right next to the Rangers. Yeah, your Ranger five-year plan. 24 and 24 <laughs> Rangers, baby. <laughs> Told hey, you it was coming. Yeah, your five-year plan. Told you. Nice. 80, 81 and 81, finish the season. Next season, 90 games. Easy like that. Yeah, they... <laughs> <laughs> you have a very historical K as well. All right, yeah. So my K of the week. Again, going back to 1986. So this one involves the American League most valuable player. This person is not in the hall of fame for various reasons. For nonsense. Just various reasons, but he's not nonsense. Reasons, nonsense, oh. various reasons, various nonsense reasons. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Go with it. <laughs> so my guy here, this is Mr. One William Roger Clements. And so on this particular day, Raj is dialing up the Mariners who will make another appearance later on the show, but they were having problems even back in 86. They've had problems since like the nineties. They've had problems since the seventies. Oh, were, were first formed. Yeah. The only, the high watermark was the 2001 Mariners who won 116 games only to lose the Yankees in the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about that team. This is the 86 Mariners. This isn't the good version of the Mariners. And on this particular day, Mr. Clemens says, Oh, what's the strikeout record in the game? 19. Right. Well, let me show you guys something. So this is him in the ninth inning pitching to Mr. Phil Bradley in one of the worst at bats I've ever seen in given the circumstance. I was going to say, I've seen worse. And Because again, you're batting, your team is losing three to one in the game. It's the ninth inning. This dude has struck out 19 people. Don't go up there and just take all the pitches. Chances of him walking you. I, was say, I, had, I had a question for you. I'll ask it after this strikeout. All right. So here we go. He's up here and crowd's going and Mr. Bradley's decided to, as we're talking about statues, he decided to be one in the batter's box. Fenway. I'm surprised they're going back down. I would think they would just stay up. Yep. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stand up. A new record. Clemens has set a major league record for strikeouts in a game. 20. I think the awesome part is it's not the only time he does this. No, he comes back a decade later and says, I can do this again. He's like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he would have done it like in his 40s too. Like uh, the way I do is just so dominant. I've never seen dominance like that. Three decades, right? Yeah. No, he had it. Well, Essentially. Okay. Dominance like that. Because again, you know, self plug. Uh, the article I wrote kind of last week, but it was inspired by Nolan Ryan. Mm -hmm. Nolan was good in the 60s, the 70s, mm. the 80s. <laughs> Still pitching in the nineties, punching out guys. I'm trying to think. Nolan doesn't have a Cy Young, right? No, never won one. So I, I feel like there's dominance, and then there's dominance. Yeah, would you say? Well, Nolan had a little bit of bad luck with some of the teams he was on. Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily the greatest, but you know, like this particular Red Sox team this year goes to the World Series. Mm -hmm. So he, yeah, it's easier to win twenty games when I got a when good you have that type of scenario. Yeah, around me. I was just thinking, like in general, though, like. The Rocket was just like, even in those later years, like if you went out and had a 20 win season. Yeah, no. And you, just like, just punched out another 250, you wouldn't be like, no, it wasn't out of left field. No. Yeah. Now you could, again, that's where there's a reason he's not in the Hall of Fame. 
even how, uh, yeah. How was this happening? Because he goes to Toronto on what you think would be kind of the retirement tour. Oh no, I got a couple of Sly Youngs up here. Too. Yeah, he's like, let me get some up here. We'll go back to New York. Yeah, I'll come down. I believe he has the 09 title, right? Yeah. He's on the squad. I believe so. Yeah. We pick up another series over here. Yeah, he goes back to Houston. He's still punching dudes. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, it's incredible. Like PDs are not. I think. Yeah, there's something to be said for the longevity. Yeah, just to be on the mound that long. There's something to be said, but again, 86, early Clemens, again, I'll say in the 80s, into the 90s, yeah, he was as good as anybody. And I wouldn't say, I think any of the the suspicion came later. Mm -hmm. The older Clemens. Yeah, that's late 90s, into the 2000s. Like, okay, wait a minute, man. I don't know, man. Like, even like, I look at like, I think we can assume there were still guy pitchers, Uh PED guys. Who were not able to maintain kind of like what he did. Well, no, but you can remember a lot of the PED, PED guys, the, the baseline is higher. Mm-hmm. So your main culprits, the names we all know, these were better players to begin with. Anyways. Yeah. So then they're doing something extra. Well, now they got that little extra bump. Yeah. Puts them on this other strategy where there's a lot of guys. I got to be on this PEDs or some HGH or do what I got to do just to be in the big in the leagues, big leagues yeah. at all. You know, I mean, okay, because he got popped less than a week ago. So Carlos Martinez is doing what he's doing. I, just, I've just seen to be about around. five guys already, and I think of you every time. When you're like some random dude that we haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be the one. Oh, they're not testing. <laughs> pop, pop. There's been about five, six cases already. Yeah, I think there's been two major league cases. Mm-hmm. Carlos Martinez and another one. I can't think of who it is, but yeah, it'll come back to me. Yes, but you're gonna get some guys. But point being is they're doing some stuff just to even be, be, be in the in show, the big leagues, let yeah. alone dominate there. Just be there. So my question to you yes. was who's at bat was worse. Was it that at bat right there? Okay. So Phil Bradley, Phil Bradley, mm-hmm. or was it Willie Adamas game six? You're down. I believe what is it? A couple, two. Yeah. And just sitting there watching three straight fastballs down the pipe from Julio. You get the series on the line or you have the 20 game or the 20 strike. Okay. I'll say, Adamus, I think, but at the same time, like, dude, he's going for record. You know full well he struck out yeah. 18 dudes. You know this hell he struck you out three times. Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> just so just do something. Do something. You're not doing this to me for the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> to have it where you get a golden sombrero and you didn't swing at it that point. You're just any like, of the bunch, do what you got to do. Just put the ball in play. Yeah, because they had bat before to tie the record. Spike Owen was hitting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Light hitting shortstop and played for the Red Sox or plays for the Red Sox actually later in the year. But he's up there going, look, okay, I'm at least waving at some pitch that's like neck high. At least he's, he fouls off a pitch. Mm. He's trying. You know, Bradley walks up there. I mean, comfortable as could be. Boom. Ball one. Boom. Ball two. Okay. Strike. Strike. Strike three. Okay. Go away. Like, that's it. Like, you literally could have picked anyone out of the crowd and said, just go stand there. That's all you'd have to do because that's all he did. Mm-hmm. His facial expression didn't change. Like, oh man, I missed a pit. None of it. It's just kind of like, I'm just in a moment. I'm just going to be up here punching like, out. Let's call this a game. I want to get out of here. Yeah. It's like, this is going to be my moment. I'm going to be in some baseball history. Here it is. Yeah. Hey, I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good way to look at it. Wow. Yeah. Mike K comes from, as we talked about, those annoying pirates. However, it's a guy that's probably going to be on the dead, like the block in about. He's on the An block. Hour. He can block now. He's been on the block for a little bit now. David Bednar closing out games. Him and Will Crow. Yep. I've been kind of doing it for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to get a nice couple prospects in return. 
They'll get something. Yeah. And I just thought it would be cool to highlight it because he just came in on this was was today Wednesday. Yes. This was Monday night's game against yep. the Dodgers. Dodgers rally back. You yeah. guys take the lead, and you guys are sending this dude out to go complete that second inning, and he comes in and pitches well. Yeah, no, he looked good. I was like, wow, I was surprised they put him back out there. You don't usually see your closer going 50 pitches. No. But he went out there, and he actually competed all 50, got out. I think he had a little jam in the eighth, mm-hmm. got out of that, Yeah, came back in the ninth, even after having that issue where he gave up a run. Right. Comes back, no problem. Let me sit you guys down. Right. Part of the order, by the way. Right. Finishing off with cleanup hitter, Will Smith. Yeah. 2-2 two, two to Will Smith. Get jiggy with it. And we're getting jiggy with it. Raise the Jolly Roger. (laughs) Right there. A nice little two-seam action. Yeah. Kind of just took off away from Will Smith. Great. He's going to be a good addition, it looks like, for somebody at some point. Yeah, after the 50-pitch outing, he's definitely on the block now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like wear and tear. Get him out, get him out, get him out, get him out. Rental car. How do we drive him? (laughs) Pretty much. So I just thought I'd highlight him because we're going to be getting closer and closer. We're about a month and a half away. I guess a solid two months. Good two months. You could say a solid two months from trade deadline, but usually you start seeing minor stuff start Mm -hmm. happening in June where we're seeing, all right, we can't get too much farther out of this race. It's either now or never type of scenario. And I wouldn't be surprised to see this guy move early to some of these teams that are in contention. Shorten it up. Let's get a better bullpen. And that's why I kind of wanted to highlight them here today. Even though bullpens are what? Volatile. Yeah. You're still going to give them up. <laughs> you're still going to give them up. I just, baseball perspective here. I hope the Pirates don't do the, we talked about it before, the Felipe Rivero situation. Yeah, way you, too much. Well, you ask for the world, you don't get it. And you're like, okay, we'll flip them later. And right. he's never going to play baseball again. Not walking yeah. out of a prison cell anytime soon. No, no, he won't. Um, but like just a situation in itself where I got to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. You got to move have to. I understand, you know, you have like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is all like, this is the line, right? The minimum. Yeah. But you have to be, whoever's in that front office, just you got to be realistic. No, again, they have a better front office now than they had then for that mm-hmm. situation. Two different people. Regimes, yeah. Yeah. So, because one of them, I would say, is one of the worst GMs baseball scene in good couple of decades. Was that Charrington? No. No, that was uh, Dave Littlefield. Okay. was the guy before. So, you know, the group they got now, is they're rebuilding it, and they will say, okay, we can flip them. We're flipping them. I don't see, yeah, I can see Crow gone. I can see Bednar gone. It's, I don't even know if they, I know you talk about how great they are. You had a center fielder that should have been gone. Yesterday, yeah, type of scenario, but he's hitting still, and he still has some value, so he'll probably he still get moved. Still could go. Yeah, he should still go, but and again, you have to wait for the market, see what the offers are, because we're not on the other end of the phone when the calls come through. This is what's being offered. I mean, it does become a point where it's none of these offers seem good to me. Mm-hmm. I can't justify making a deal if I offer you a bag of peanuts for David Bednar. You're just gonna be like, no, I'm just yeah, he's not gonna be, have any value to you. Maybe not as you would see it, but maybe it could become, I have a bunch of bad offers. I don't want to take any of these. Hell, you know what? I'm going to help us win some extra games. Maybe help us a little bit longer. Get guys feel a little better about themselves. Hey, cool. We'll just keep them. And this is what we'll do. And then again, it's a relief pitcher. So it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Resign them. You can be back at this next year and just keep the party going. Mm -hmm. So 
you do have to factor that in. Don't just go, okay, well, since you've called, you contender team, San Diego, LA, New York, whoever. Texas. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> but okay, or hey, Texas, get in there, start fixing your team in advance of next, next year, year, year after. Your 90 wins, yeah. Yeah, right. You're your closer for your 90 win Rangers in uh, 2023. Correct. All right. So you're getting them now. But that kind of stuff, if you're yeah. really planning for your future, say, hey, we can get this guy now. Won't help us this year, but next year he'll be our guy. Well, even then, you kind of touched on it. Even if these lower teams are making the calls and people mm-hmm. are going to be like, why are you trading for him type of scenario? Mm-hmm. Not, you're helping this year's like momentum, I would say, like right. the morale, the squad. Right. Okay. Maybe we know it's not this year, but. Look, they're looking at us next year, two years down the line where they know if we get the pieces in here now or set as not, we're scrambling. Right. We have this great team, but we're missing X reliever. Yeah, you're missing a reliever. It's like, well, well, you can't find one. And now, oh, you're desperate. (laughs) Right. Let me take Josh Jung and some other prospect. Right. Some top end prospect if you want this to happen type of scenario, which... Is what happens. See, that was your Rangers right there. That was my Rangers so trying to, tell to rethink me, it. Rethink this. That was the Royals right <laughs> there. That's the Royals, the Royals yeah, telling yeah. me to rethink, but I have faith in you guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. But no, I mean, again, you don't want to be in a scenario where, yeah, you are you just traded a reliever and then next year you need a reliever. It was like, you could have just kept the guy you had. Mm-hmm. And some of these deals may seem counterintuitive, but at the same time, you'll look and go, okay, like the Mets did this a couple of years ago when they acquired Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. They weren't going anywhere. No, that was that was future. Right. And they were like, okay, we're going to need this dude. We think we're going to be better next year. We're going to need him. Sure enough, the Mets were better, still not good the next year. But Stroman was a very valuable piece to them and was a good pitcher for him for the couple of years they had him. Mm-hmm. And to this point, none of the pitchers they traded or none of the players they traded away has done it's much man, of anything. Out, yeah. So by all means, it's it's a worthwhile deal. Mm-hmm. And it helped them. It just other things happened where they didn't get to where they were trying to go. But like last year, you'd go, well, if you have to Grom, yeah, if you have to Grom, well, you know, Cindergard never came back. The plan was Cindergard was going to come back around Memorial Day, then the All Star break, then whenever Stroman was going to be your three, you're going to have to Grom at the front, and the Mets are going to be better. Yeah, that didn't happen. It ended up being the one reliable starter you had. Yeah, <laughs> was Stroman. That's something that teams do have to consider, that you have to kind of plan for next year, next year. Don't just always go, well, this is where we are this year. This is where you are this year. Doesn't It's not indicative of where you're going to be next year. Correct. So you have, you have to be prepared and be fair to next year's team. You know, as I've told you before, you do have to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. You can't just, we're doing all this and then next year's team's terrible because you're always going to be just kind of chasing it around. There's teams that do it. I know they do. <laughs> that do it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm excited. I'm getting excited. Just thinking about trade season. I love trade season. Right. It's one of the best times. That free agency season, best times. Right. It is fun. Moving on over. We got some teams to talk about. We talked about those lowly Red Sox not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Resurgence led by Trevor Story. He's sort of rebounded. He's doing things now. He's hitting home runs. That's really yeah. been the difference. Yeah, he's doing something. I'm putting up 20 RBIs in two weeks. Right. So now he has like a batting average. He has some RBIs. He's got the he's got the homers. He's got the dingers out there. And you've kind of noticed, oh, look, we're hitting now type of scenario because prior to it was one or two guys that were really in the lineup producing. Mm-hmm. Weren't really pitching good enough. So you weren't going to win at all. Right. Now everything that's going on is almost one through nine. 
Right. We're the, hitting. The we're lineup providing. starting to look like it. you thought it could. Correct, which is leading to a lot more wins. Now, there's still three games under 500, still yeah. 11 games out, shooting for wild card percentages. Right. Which were they're at, would you say, seven? What? Seven percent wild card opportunity. Oh, there? for the, the Red, Red Sox? Sox? I think it was Houston, I think, was the seven. What was Boston at? Because they were like a hit. Okay. So let me give you back. So your actual odds for them in your American League East are, they are at a smooth, currently, your playoff odds percentages right now, they're 33.4. I like it. So now their wild card odds are going to look a little different. So their wild card berth for Boston is, they are at a smooth, bring it up for you, 32.3. So that basically have a one in three chance of making the playoffs is wacky as they look a third of the way through the season. It's actually not crazy. No. I mean, it's not, it's not out ideal of the realm. I mean, like out of the division for the wild card, Toronto has the best odds. They're 61.5. Then the Rays are uh, 58.6. The, the Yankees are 33, sorry, 38.8, but that's because they're leading the they're division. division. So the likelihood of them collapsing and end up in the wild cards low. And then you look at that East, they still have a lot more against Baltimore. They're going to play some lowly teams in the central and the East. I don't think it's out of the realm where let's just say they go on a 10 game winning streak. They catch Tampa. They're only four games behind Tampa. They better do it against Tampa and the Yankees. The, one of them has to be definitely <laughs> yeah, like yeah. in that stretch. Yeah, because that's the only way you're going to catch up. You got to do it against the people ahead of you. I think what we kind of said, I think I was like, eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still on the maybe line, but it's just the Red Sox team. I feel like there's just that aura around them yeah, no, where I, they always yeah. find kind of mm-hmm. that way other than like, was it like the 17th season or the 16th season where they're just last place type of scenario? Right, they go track, they, they, yeah. really, they go championship to last a lot. But right, it's boom and bust with them. That's exactly, do. I don't feel like this team is at that bust part yet. So I'm pretty, pretty intrigued by what could really happen. Garrett Whitlock today just shoved six innings. Now, here's the question, though, with them. Because just like how we were just talking about Bednar and the Pirates, what do you do if you're Boston and things don't look better in a month from now? You're still double digits out in the division. You're still five games out, let's say, in the wild card. Last time I checked, Xander Bogarts hasn't signed an extension. Mm-hmm. Do you say, hey, man, we got to start doing some things? I know, you know, my mighty amazes sniffed around. Hey, JD Martinez. Uh, hey, hey, we could use another. There's another bat right there. Yeah, another bat. How long do you give it before you just gotta, you know, call you it? You almost have to go all the way to the deadline, right? Like you're gonna have to wait to like 28, 29, 30, 31, unless you say you're still seven, eight out. Right. That's where you probably. But that's seven, eight out of like Tampa. Right, but again, that's one oh, yeah. bad week away, and that's where you are. That's where you're at, yeah. Because the reason I'm saying that is because you have to think of these things, because if you're the Reds, you're the Pirates, you're some of these teams, the Orioles or whoever, you've already got your scouts out looking at the minor leaguers and whatnot saying, hey, these are the people you probably want in the deal. If you're Boston living on a dream, you're not necessarily doing that. Or when do you say, hey, fellas, who is out there in the Dodger system? Who's in San Diego's system? The Giants want to get back into it. Who's in their system? Yeah. When do you do that? That's what I'm saying with some of these deals. Again, if you're going to say, let's just say, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you're moving Xander Bogarts. Because again, he hasn't signed an extension. You have his in-house replacement sitting there. The Dodgers just did this last year with Corey Seager. Correct. So the Red Sox are in the same boat. So when do you say, hey, okay, well, Xander's not re-signing with us. We know this. 
And so somebody somewhere would love to take him. I was going to say, I think it's if it's the the dream deal for Xander. That's what that's what I would personally say because of, I know you, you don't like to mention it, but the what he's meant to the city, what he meant to the organization. I think you, uh-huh. as an organization, you almost have to give one to the player. Okay, if it's the dream deal, then you'll go. I remember the Lester situation. Yeah. I think that one, they thought they were going to resign him. I think there was internal talks. And you're going to come back to have a situation. Sure. And then he spurred them. Like, yeah, last second. Yeah, he's thought. like, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to go win. <laughs> right. But no, I'm just saying, because let's say, because I just mentioned the team. This would be like a perfect spot for him. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. That'd be brilliant. Okay. So, all this, you somebody's got to get over to San Jose or wherever to watch Fresno or wherever they're at. What's in their system? If you're going to move them, the Giants are going to be like, oh, we want him like now. Yeah, they would nice. If they're going to do it right away. Right. They can't be, oh, we'll wait till the end of July. Like, what are you talking about? We're chasing the Dodgers around. We're behind the Padres. We can't just be just waiting until you get around to it. Correct. So you come to the reality that you're not catching the Yankees. So, again, you have to be fair to next year's Red Sox team. If it's, hey, we can get these guys in here. Let's just say, hypothetically, I mean, the one name I could say off the list is just not going to happen. You're not getting Marco Luciano. So you don't even think about that. San Francisco, they would tell you no. But let's just say you're going to go mm, some other little spare part bit piece. Because again, last year of his deal, <laughs> you know, this is rental. This yeah, is pure it's a rental, pro- rental. rental property, rental deal. Yeah. So he's going to hit the market. And is it likely that he stays? Yeah, because... Giants would be a spot where he could be there. I don't know how much you can really get because you look at the, the Chris Bryant deal last year, the Javi exactly. Baez deal. They exactly. weren't really getting much in no. return. Exactly. That was more just, all right, that's the best offer. You got to go. And this is at the deadline. This is when this stuff is happening. That's what I'm saying. When Boston come to your senses, you're going to get a better deal. Now. Now. Yeah. Because the Giants are going, we still think we can catch the Dodgers. We got them last year by a game. Uh, yeah. We think we can do it. So we might be more inclined It'll give you a little bit more where we look and all of a sudden it's in, we're at the end of July and we're like, yeah, we're seven games behind them. We're three games behind San Diego on the wild card. We're like the number six team at best here. Uh, yeah, he might help us. It's cool. Like, you kind but of be like Bryant, you but you know, so which one nets you the better outcome if you're Boston? I would say now it's just, I think it's harder because you just had this nice little run, even easier. You know, with the run, do you think it makes it? Because, okay, see, look, we're looking right. We're, we're playing better. Is better going to get you where you're trying to go? In the, again, if you're in the American League, the goal is to win the World Series. So you're telling me, Boston, even after a little run, Trevor Story's looking better. Okay, you finally, he's awakened. Mm-hmm. You know, you got J.D. Martinez being productive. I mean, Bogarts is good. Devers is Devers been is amazing. MVP guy. So, okay, we've done that. All right, cool. Is this going to be Houston? Is this still enough? Yeah. Does this beat the Yankees? I'm trying to think who has the pitching depth because that's where they need to go. That's where if you got to move them, mm-hmm. you need to find the guys where you're going to get the best pitching prospects. Yeah, back. the arms. Yeah. Because and like the more closer to big league ready. Correct. Because that's what they need. They need arms. They don't need more offense type of scenario. Right. They need best arms possible. All right. Take the three of you. Mm-hmm. One of you better pan out type of scenario is right. what I can see happening. Yeah, because I wouldn't do like three like high upside lottery tickets sitting in low A ball. That's probably not the deal you want to make. Well, if that becomes the only deal you get, <laughs> what do you do? Or do you just keep them, ride it out and just go? Cause again, there are, they are a team, like you said earlier, who could just kind of ride it out and just keep the player and say, Hey fans, we're giving it a run. Like we tried. We didn't make it. And the Mookie he- Betts deal really, I think hurt 
relationship between the team yeah, and the fan base. Yes. So I feel like you're kind of like one arm tied behind the back where it's like, all right, we let go of one franchise guy. Can we do two in three years? Yeah. But again, if you do it and you win, then it works out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just tough. We already saw how they reacted last time. The fans got all mad. They're like, hold on, hold this trade. You guys got to throw another prospect in. Okay. Jeter Downs is the guy. Mm-hmm. Right, it was a cheater. No, it was Connor Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Connor right, Wong. Right, yeah, yeah, throwing yeah, Connor Wong. Yeah. We'll be fine, guys. Right. I mean, the deal worked out, in my opinion, for them in the sense of Alex Verdugo last year. He's a decent major league player. Last year, their stats were pretty close. No, I don't think it's going to happen every year. Obviously, Mookie Betts is second He's in the a, league in look, home runs. No, it, worked out, look, it worked out for everybody because the Dodgers won the World Series. Yep. The dude showed up and you won the World Series. Like, that's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It doesn't matter. The rest of the deal doesn't really matter. It's like we won the World Series when we got it. I was talking about from the Red Sox perspective. But I'm saying, too, yeah. it's, you know, so the fans, you're going, well, we weren't going to resign. It's like you saw the deal he got with the Dodgers fans. You realize if we give him that, all these other dudes are leaving. <laughs> so you'd have Mookie and whatever else. Which one works That's better? About for it. You? Mookie and. Yeah. Yo, Jackie Bradley's back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. You go. Back with that. Um, yeah. No, I, like I said, I just think it's tough. Once you get that relationship repaired, yeah, I could see them going. Okay, it's fixed. Next guy out. If you're, I, I just don't know. If, yeah, see, for me, I would just be like, look, this is just what we're just trying. Boston's so passionate. I there's no, such a passionate fan base. It's tough. To me, I'm again, I'm listening to offers on. I'm not shopping him actively, but I'm definitely listening. Mm-hmm. So if the Giants call me, I will listen and say, "You want what for him? Huh? Okay." The angels call you. Oh, you they want need, one? They desperately need one. They need a shortstop. So again, if you put Xander Bogarts in the angels lineup, hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Rendon, Bogarts. Yeah. Trout, Mike Trout one, uh, Mike Tommy. Trout two. <laughs> it's like, huh. It's Walsh. Yeah. Picking it up again. This says, huh, that dude, yeah. The Houston might be going, hey, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? I actually, I think it'd be cool for Houston to go out and get Xander. I think that'd be pretty awesome. But where but, you wouldn't play, or where would oh, you, you play? You have to play him at shortstop, and then you got to move Pena. Well, but I think but, they really liked how Pena. Yeah, Pena's playing. playing, and it's he's doing yeah, he's doing his enough. job, and Bregman ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I could see the Angels like Angels. Mike Trout has not gone to the playoffs other than the one time. MLB is going to call. You, yeah, Angels, you guys got to make this deal for Xander. No, you might. <laughs> at some, you know, at some point, you do have to kind of push your chips in and go. Look, we are going for it. That's like a perfect scenario. Them, Giants, these kind of teams that are like a little bit behind, they make a deal like that. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this team is a lot more formidable than they were before the deal. You know, and then the Angels have, you know, hey, you want to send Reed Detmers the other way? Again, you, yeah, he's our future, future what? He's like a future three. So, okay, here's your pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's Take in the big leagues. Hell, pitch to no hitter. Hey, cool. <laughs> Would you be surprised like to see Chicago White Sox? They just lost Tim Anderson. Yeah, They're that, five games back still. They're not playing the greatest this season. If they go out and said, all right, guys, we got to make the playoffs. That what is it going to cost us? That wouldn't be the worst. And like I could Moncada see. Moncada goes back to second. Yeah. I, again, it wouldn't be the worst. It's not. I mean, I don't see him necessarily making that deal. I mean, if you're moving Bogarts, if you're Boston, preferably you'd prefer to move him to the National League. So that way he's just kind of he's just gone. He's gone. So you're not going to see him other than in the World Series. Correct. You know, you're not going, oh, we could have made the playoffs, but there he's on the other team now. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the Angels 
that's a little different scenario. That's the other coast. Okay, you've got them kind of far enough away. But I don't know. I, the White Sox, would they have enough? I'm trying to think of their system in my head. You know, I don't know if they'd have enough to get it there, you know, with what they have kind of currently there. Like, how could you spend a deal? Mm, Again, yeah, how you made the Moncada deal with sale and all that. So you guys, the, the you guys know, each other, know each other, you know, relatively well. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who they have. Cause I, I, for me, if I'm Boston, no matter what I give up, no matter who I give, I need a starter coming back. I don't need another position player. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to think of the arms they have and it's kind of right. Young, in my mind right okay, now. Okay. So again, if like the, the white Sox are not giving you Dylan Cease, it's no. not going to happen. Yeah, CSG, I mean, we can give them Kopik back. <laughs> there you <laughs> you go. Take them back. You know, they probably are not. And mm-hmm. Boston, would you want them back? You know, I was like, okay, he's still kind of not really starter for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just intriguing. Another team, sneaky San Diego. As okay. much hype as they've had these past few years, do you kind of feel like this year nobody really talked about them coming into the season? That's the sense I kind of got. I think you and I talk about them because we're here on the West Coast. Yeah, we talk about them, but again, you know, I am the big Padres detractor here on the show. Yeah, they're just they're just hanging around. They are fifty games into the season. They are, and they're right three and a half back right now. They're hanging around again. Tatis still isn't there, and that's the metrics I wanted to throw out to you. So currently, uh huh, they are about top twenty offensively. Okay. Without Tatis right now. Top 20. Top 20. You know there's only 30 teams. Yes. So that means the, you're basically in the bottom 10. Yes, correct. <laughs> Top 20. I was trying to spin it nice. Oh, okay. I was trying to spin it. Okay, got so it. So basically, they're on the low end of that. However, pitching, they are top 10 in just about every single category. Right. Which I think baffles the two of us. I think we know they have good pitchers, but I don't think we were expecting this. Uh, the potential was there. Because remember, I got my side. There's always potential, and then there's what's actually What produced. actually happens. Yes, I know. Yeah, so that's got... For me personally, I was like, the potential's there. These guys are just lighting, like shutting out everybody, lighting it but up. The every little night, bits but. I've seen with them. One, I mean, again, remember in our preseason, I had Musgrove as a Cy Young, correct? One of my Cy Young candidates, and he's pitched to it. Um, you have now Snell is returned to the team, mm-hmm. and Mackenzie Gore has become the prospect. They've been pitching well. Is what they had hoped he would become. He's becoming it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an unexpected benefit. I mean, Darvish has been. Okay. He's decent. like one on, one off. Yeah, he's decent enough. He's throwing like a 35-year-old pitcher. Yeah, but he's a better version of an innings eater. And like I was saying before we were recording, the thing is with them and their pitching, I trust with Musgrove and Darvish at the front, I trust them once the season gets longer to not kind of fall off in the pitching staff mm-hmm. once the inning counts get up. Yes. Whereas some of these other teams that are kind of these surprisingly effective pitching staffs, once they get over like, say, 100 innings, 130 innings, the pitchers don't perform the same. So I could see them. They are laying in the weeds. Though. I, I actually yeah. agree. Like the way they're playing. I'm just, I think I Tatis back as Tatis. Now yeah. just having him back his Jersey out on the field type of scenario. Like mm-hmm. he's back and he's doing Fernando Tatis junior things. Right. Wow. What this team might actually become that team from two years ago. You're like, look at this. What's supposed to be happening. Look at this. Right. Look at that type of scenario. Yeah. Like they're here. Yeah, because um, what's his name? I think it'd be great. Yeah, Clevenger's returned. He's back on, you know, back pitching again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, wait, th- you're starting to see all those pieces. It's all starting to come together. This is a team, again, they should be aggressive coming towards the deadline. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is, yeah, like you said, like, okay, throw Bogarts on the team and figure it out. <laughs> sure. Sure. 
you know, somebody's DH. And so Tatis, you're the DH. You just worry yeah, about, he doesn't even, yeah, you probably don't want him on the field anyway. So no, no, you just DH, you just worry about hitting Bogart. You play short Machado. You play third. We're running with it. And wow. The offense that that'd be a super jump right there. Cause you'd be getting two, yeah, like right. Top five hitters. Right. In the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that wouldn't be the worst thing to go with the pitching staff. They already have, you know, that would be, all of a sudden, the Dodgers start kind of looking down the south. They're going, hey, wait a minute. What's going on down there? Yeah, this is, uh-oh, we might have a fight on our hands. You know, so that wouldn't be the worst. And I could see them being aggressive going yeah, forward. I, I just, this team is so interesting. Just because they usually are. it's the, I feel like last year and the year before, we were looking at their offense. like, man, if they can pitch, what's going to happen? And now right. they finally got the pitching going. Yeah, the pitchers That's are healthy. I right. think it's so interesting. Like, if they get into the playoffs... Oh, they're dangerous. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they can make those San Francisco type runs mm-hmm. or wildcard team. We're here, but look at, we have X, Y, and Z right now. Hot. Let's run. Yeah. You Let's run it. Out. No, again, if you run into like, okay, so our first round, we're running a best of five at you and you get a, a Musgrove and let's just say Mackenzie Gore keeps it together with the stuff that he has. Here's Blake Snell. Here's Mike Clevenger. Three of those dudes are starting. The other one's going. So let's say Gore pitches out. The yeah, I was going to say, these guys going up against like Milwaukee. Yeah, or anybody. Really, the Dodgers would be going, man, come on. You don't want that team You don't want to run into that, you know? So that, that is <laughs> that's a dangerous little team, especially if you give them a little bit more on the offensive side so they know they can score. Because if you can't score, just, you know, the margins are too thin. Correct. You know, so one bad pitch and all of a sudden. You're in Marlins territory. Yeah, that they're pushing kind of that. It's kind of where they're at right now. So give me a real, another thumper there or somebody who can actually perform at that rate, then yeah, they become really dangerous. Man, it's just crazy because you got Eric Hosmer who's hitting. Yes, he is. He's hitting. Manny Machado leads almost all categories offensively. Mm-hmm. You get to throw in a big bat in yeah. Tatis. You yeah. got Grisham kind of, I know he's off and on and you have Cronenworth. Just yeah. And Profar contributes. Profar is yeah. contributing. Mm-hmm. You have Will Myers. Like, there's just so many pieces there where like any, guy, any of those guys gets hot. This whole team is this is the best team in baseball, almost. They're good. They're right. I would they're, say they're, they're if they get hot, if they get hot, and they're like you look at this talent wise. I would say they're right there. Uh, I know. I know you look at the Dodgers and yeah. you look at like, the Yankees. You're like <laughs> yeah. those are the best teams talent wise. The, the Dodgers like, have the most talent. <laughs> Dodgers definitely, have, but they're not playing like it. I would say even at this, but that's, great start. But that's just it. See, that's the thing that the rest of the league and basically baseball has to hope. But they, they never because if they ever actually start performing to their capability, they'll just run away, run away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, people may think, "Oh, they're not that good." It's like, no, they actually are. <laughs> Look at these guys get hot type of scenario. Yeah, if you say, "Okay, so like last month, Buki Betts is hot," you know, okay. Now let's say Freddie Freeman does what he can do, then Trey Turner does what he can. do. Yeah, let's see if Freddie starts hitting bombs. Yeah, that so lowly four. So even if you're San Diego, you're going, man, we did all this. We still got to, that's just, we got to do this just to give us a fighting chance. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Now I, I kind of see your, you know, so your image there. <laughs> but again, if the Padres to me can make like a deal, then yes, they can, like with a real kind of impact bat, then they can become as formidable as anybody because they can pitch well enough and their ballpark plays to that. So you go down to San Diego, especially later in the year, then that, again, like how in L.A., you got the heavier air towards the end of the mm-hmm. year. The ball doesn't want to carry like like the same. To me, San Diego might be worse. It just The ball just doesn't want to go. You know, so 
that being said, yeah, they're, they're lying in the weeds right now, but I could see the Dodgers doing to them again this year, what they did to them last year. And the Padres thought they were getting Max Scherzer and then they didn't. <laughs> so, so this book, they lost Max Scherzer and then Trey Turner moves over there too. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay, well we were doing this to try to get back in here. And then I uh, didn't happen, but this goes back to what I was saying about making some of these deals earlier. Where if you don't have them, competition, get, just make the deal, man. So you get the player. So if Luis Castillo, Maley, if we're saying Bogarts, who knows, could be on the market, get your guy now, get it done. So that way you have them and you're, you know, three and a half back. Maybe we can cut into that, mm-hmm. but we already got our guys. So now you Dodgers, you got to figure this out and you can go start chasing around with the Yankees, the Mets or whoever else. For those other players, we've already made our move, you know, so there's something to be said for going first and just getting the guy that you want and you can kind of set the market for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of last segment going on here. Fair or foul. You had oh. an interesting concept. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It was like a little deviation there. <laughs> Time It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been talking about standings and the East is kind of run away with on both sides. Yeah. Give or take. The Central is looking like two team races, both sides. Right. And then you have the West. You got three teams competing in the NL. You have two, two and a half. Yeah. Competing in the other, in the AL side. You had a theory to kind of even out the playing. So fair or foul that with the introduction of the balanced schedule next year, it will lead to more competitive divisional races. So I really like the question because I don't think people have ever really thought about it. Yeah. In this sense where. You guys get to play Washington yep. 18 times, right? 18, 19? 19. 19 right. times. Right. You get to play Miami 19, 19 times. times. Right. Yeah. All those numbers are going to be cut down to, you said 13, right? 13. I believe 14. so, yeah. That's six games. That's right. 12 games right there where you actually get to play competitively. And someone else. Somebody yeah. else, right? Again, you're going to lose, let's say, Washington, but you're going to pick up Baltimore. Okay. But I, the reason I throw this out there is some of these teams, like, okay, if you look at the standings, right, the overall, just what team's records are, you have a team like the Brewers just cruising along at 32 and 20. Mm-hmm. Now, do we think they're that good? I don't. But you get lots of Reds, Cubs, Pirates when you're the Brewers. I start taking that away from them. Will this make those other teams more competitive? Because now they're not chasing the Brewers as much. Mm-hmm. So I think there's truth to that. So I'm going to go fair where the league would be even more competitive. And the reason I'm stating that is because I told you yesterday, I texted you, mm-hmm. saw this weird, funky thing about the Dodgers. Dodgers played 48 games. Right. Yesterday. As of yesterday. As right. of yesterday. 40 of the 48 games were under were against teams under 500. Right. So, which I guess you could add one more to each today. Correct. Yeah. It'd be so, one 41 more. out of 49 at this point. Correct. Yeah. And like, let's just say you are the Mets, right? Yeah. And I played Washington and Miami. That's and what I ate up yeah. 20 games. Right. And I won 18 of the 20. Yeah. That's your 10 game differential right there. Right. Cause I can get like to say for example, Atlanta didn't play them that many times yet. Right. That That's just it. Like the Mets have really only seen the Braves. I think one series, I think it was a four gamer. They've seen the nationals plenty. <laughs> yeah. Like I think also it's a league issue yeah. where we're not creating even schedules. I know it's damn near impossible, mm-hmm. but we need to do our best in creating the most even schedules possible so that it's level playing field. Right now, obviously, you can't account for injuries. You can't no. account for trades. No, no, of course not. You know the unforeseeable things. That's right. fine. But when I look at it, and I see you're going in your first fifty games against teams that we know aren't going to be good, 
mm-hmm. that's a, that's an issue. Right. So again, like I need to split this up mm-hmm. and make it work to where you're not going, for instance, you're not playing Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago all in one week. Right. And then all of a sudden you went eight and one or nine and one on the week. Uh, like in the past two <laughs> weeks, right? In the next two weeks, this is the only teams you play. Right. Meanwhile, let's just say I'm San Diego. I just got San Francisco. I ended up against Milwaukee and St. Louis. Because mm-hmm. that's just the way the schedule played out. Right. Man, I just went one and nine. Yeah. Whatever it would be, one and 12. Right. You have one and 11. You have a rough I just, stretch. Uh, yeah, right, rough stretch. Yeah. You just put me back. Right. <laughs> five, six games. Yeah. When do I get to go do what you were just doing? <laughs> and even when, let's just say, even when the schedule flips, you're like, well, Jeremy, they're going to play the other teams. Okay. But I just got this nice stretch where I have a nice patty. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the other team, guess what I'm doing now? I'm sweating it. Right. I'm down 10 games and we just started the freaking season. Yeah. Now you can go, well, there's a long season. You get to play 112 games, 126 games left and yada, 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 yada. No, I'm already down. <laughs> like yeah. It's too difficult to make up games. It is. Like we were saying before we were recording, you know, some of these teams like, yeah, 10 games, you might just be done because the makeup ground is very difficult unless you're sweeping people. And the other team has to be losing. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this way. Just for a casual, just think about how difficult it is. So you baseball, you basically play, you're going to play three game and four game sets for the most part. Okay. So if I win two out of three from you, let's say you were, we're four games behind you. We play. I win two out of three. Well, through all that, I've gained one game (laughs) in the standings. That's it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to catch up because yeah, we gained one game. It took us three games to do it. We only gained one game in the standings. Mm -hmm. So, and that's me playing you directly. Let me go play someone else. I won, you won. We're not moving. No one's moving. And it's just one less game on the schedule. So it's hard to do. So, you know, again, a more balanced schedule to me means, yeah, like the central divisions right now. And again, this is now today in 2022. Who knows where it'll be in 10 years. For all we know, in 10 years, the central will be the strongest thing going. It could be where you play a lot of central. You're propping up these central division teams. Yeah. And then you look at it this year. The West is playing the Central. Yeah. NOS is playing the AL Central this year. Right. That means they get to play. Right. So here's your three lowly teams. Royals, Tigers, you know. I mean, again, Guardians, they're yeah. under 500. The White Sox aren't 500. Technically, what their record is, is yeah, what it is. not 500. No. So it makes it where, okay, all of a sudden, you know, you're in the, let's say, National League East. And you're, let's say, I'm the Braves, the Phillies going, look, we're trying to catch up to the Padres or Giants for that wild card spot. Great. They're running into Kansas City and we, we got to go, you know, we got to go out west and we just ran into the Angels and Astros. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This isn't the same thing. This is easier for them, you know. So that's something that, you know, to me, I agree with you. The balance schedule to me makes it it's really a level playing, but we're all playing essentially this a same kind of schedule because you are going to have more divisional games in there, but that's your division. Correct. But give me the, everybody plays that same out of division stuff. Yeah. I think if you look at every leader, they're mm-hmm. kind of in the same boat. Yeah. New York, I think has played a lot of lowly teams mm-hmm. and they're already up five games. Right. And the AL East, guess what? They get to play that NL central this year. Yeah. So yeah. let's just say, here I think the Yankees Cin- have already taken a couple of those series. Right. Here comes your Cincinnati's Pittsburgh's here. They are. Yeah, so if you're trying to catch, let's say you're trying to make up ground in the wild card races or whatever. And Boston just had the Cardinals and right. they're probably going over to Milwaukee next. Mm-hmm. 
Like it, that's where we're talking about where if you have disparity and as much of a balanced schedule, right? We can say, okay, you can get a real gauge, right? If you're really that bad, you're going to be that bad. Yes. <laughs> but if you're actually a decent squad, let's just say I'm Boston and I've ran into the best teams every freaking week. Mm-hmm. That's why my pitching sucks. Right. And now my pitching morale sucks. I'm out of the season already mm-hmm. because this is what I played against. Meanwhile, those dudes got Pittsburgh and Cincy coming in there lobbying meatballs. Right. <laughs> that's just the thing. Um, that's why I love the question when you brought it up. So I'm fair. I agree. I'm fair also. I think once we get to those seasons where we have well, next year, next year, yeah. next year, where you get the even schedules type of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. Because at least for us, like next year, I get to see Luis Robert guaranteed. Yes, you will. I get to see Tim Anderson will be gone. I think, but I get to see that white Sox squad, yeah, right? The white, the white Sox I get will to show see up. Boston right. show up here. We mm-hmm. have 2018 rematch, right? I get to see those orange unis, <laughs> the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, Reliving the world was that World Series of 1960. No, those the twins in 1965. I want to say 63. There you see. <laughs> so. I don't. I I like the idea. I really love the idea, and I think it's going to be even better for the league mm-hmm. coverage of the teams. Yeah, will definitely change. You get to see more stars right Everybody, around the yeah. league, and then just the schedule balancing a schedule will make your league better mm-hmm. because we know we're playing everybody. The NBA kind of guy has this pretty well, I think. They do, right? That's how the NBA. Well, that's how the NBA, NBA rolls. Yeah. I know that their schedule, but like they do a pretty good job on like making sure it's like kind of evenish. Like right. when you run into town, for instance, if LA is going in to the East Coast, we're gonna knock out all these East Coast teams at the same time. When you come back, they'll probably be there. Right. Knock them out, boom, boom, boom. Phoenix is doing the exact same thing, rolling down the the East Coast, right? Coming home, playing the East Coast, right? That's what I like about it. I, I'm just, I don't know. I think the NFL kind of has it the worst. Well, they do their own their own schedule. Yeah, they had some weird funky schedule where you get like all these weird percentages on schedule strength, though. Well, there's two games of that. Yeah, like the other 14 games, I could tell you all about it, but you know, that's fine. But yeah, (laughs) I'm just like, man, that sucks. (laughs) Like, I know, like the Rams here have the hardest schedule. Mm -hmm. They they obviously want to show them off, right, and create these primetime games. I'm like, damn, that sucks. Hey, wins the price. That's the price of being a champion there. Um, but. Yeah, I was just saying, I, I like it. I like it. I'm fair for it. I think we should hopefully put that out there and see everybody's house idea, see if they kind of think as deeply. Because that's actually pretty deep thinking when you look at the actual schedules. Right. Because that can really dictate a lot in terms of where you end up in the standings, just who you play and kind of win. And yeah, just what's on the schedule. Because the way baseball is now, you don't play everybody every year. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, okay, like in interleague, the Mets get the Yankees every single year. <laughs> that's guaranteed yeah, that's, to happen. That sucks. Well, okay, if I'm Atlanta, I'm going, cool, we ain't got to deal with that. Yeah, we don't got to deal with those guys, right? And then if you're like San Francisco, we'll take the A's. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll take the A's. Perfect. A's, no problem. No, th- uh, think about how much of a difference that would make last year and this year, right? You lost a division last year by one game. <laughs> yeah, granted, they had to go like play New York or something. Granted, I mean, last year's A's were a playoff team, but let's say this year's A's. So all of a sudden, the Dodgers have to do their, their rivalry against the Angels, who are a playoff-level team. The Giants will be up there. Oh, their rivalry game is against Oakland, who isn't trying at all. Yeah, and then San Diego would probably have Seattle. Yeah, so you're just trying to say, this is my natural, air quotes, yeah. rival. The Dodgers are going, we're the ones getting screwed up <laughs> this whole thing. <laughs> we got to play an actual potential playoff yeah. team. Again, the A's aren't trying. The Giants could sweep them both, all six games. It wouldn't even be weird. 
No, it'd be like that's you got the job done. The that's Dodgers, what you're supposed to do. The Dodgers skip out of Anaheim, be done with them with the split, and go, hey, cool, we got. Three, we we three. came out with the split. Hey. That's what we wanted. <laughs> but, but over those six games, that's a three game advantage. Let's right. say to the Giants in that scenario. So that's why you want to start balancing out this schedule so that kind of stuff doesn't happen because that can divide decide your divisional race. Correct. Yeah, let's pose it out to everybody. We got you have an article to talk about. Correct. Oh yeah. So this Brother on Baseball segment is brought to you by Symbol, a stock market for sports that allows you to trade your sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer a new way to invest and profit in your sports teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 6,000 early adapters who have started to profit off their sports knowledge. Visit www.symbol.com or visit the link in the description at Sports Bums. Create a free account when you deposit Use a promo code SPORTSBUMS for a free $10 deposit to help you build your portfolio. So like I mentioned briefly earlier, because we about Nolan Ryan, about how long he had pitched. Mm-hmm. So because there was a documentary, it came out, I saw it last week. It was only out for like a day. And so it was called uh, Facing Ryan. It's about him and pitching and as long as he had pitched and all that. So you, again, Nolan Ryan, for those of you who don't know, the guy, all-time strikeout leader, 5,714 strikeouts. Well, he makes his debut in 1969, and he pitches until 1993. Okay, so long time. Mm-hmm. So we're talking crossing kind of baseball generations. I mean, you're talking about I face this guy is like Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. He faced them both. Yeah, you know. I was thinking about some all-time matchups I would have liked to have seen. Some of them were in this from the same era. Some of them were different eras. So, for example. Okay, to use, let's say, the Negro Leagues. I never got to see Satchel Page pitch to Josh Gibson. Mm. So maybe the greatest pitcher and hitter from the Negro Leagues. Okay, I had, I would have loved to have seen from different eras. Okay, these two are different, where Greg Maddox is pitching to Ted Williams. These are two of the most cerebral, the most cerebral pitchers ever, one of the most cerebral hitters ever. Who's going to come out ahead in that particular? Matchup. Mm-hmm. So, or I also had Shohei Otani pitching to Babe Ruth. This one was different. I would have liked to, and I also picked specific years. So I said the 1919 Babe Ruth versus 2021 Otani. Okay. Because that was the last year Babe Ruth was a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. So now I want Ruth pitching to Otani and then, and then pitching to Ruth. to Ruth. And then I get to hit off you. So we both That'd get to do both cool, sides yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So these are the things I was saying. Some of these matchups I would want to see. Would have would have been interesting, you know, just from this version, from this year, this guy from that year. How would it have looked? So that was kind of just you know dream matchups. It was just kind of I think fun. they're great. I think I think there's a lot of them. Yeah, no, everybody. You could, yeah, like, you could be do this all day, but just some people I thought of and just kind of the reasons why. Yeah, you know, why would you want to see this guy hitting off of this this pitcher? You know, so that's what was the article for you know for this week. Just because I was thinking about Nolan Ryan as long as he had pitched. He got to do a lot of, yes, I pitched to Ken Griffey, I but you. I also pitched to Hank Aaron. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know? so, so it was just kind of interesting. Because like I said, Griffey, like his, like his last game was against the Mariners. Griffey's in the lineup, and Griffey ain't a rookie. This is he. This is older like, Griffey right here. He was like prime Griffey. Oh, okay. And it was like, wow. Okay, so you pitched to prime Hank Aaron and prime Ken Griffey and whoever else in the middle. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so... So it was interesting to just kind of some of the people he had faced and some of the strikeouts and this and that. Mm. 
So that's what had me thinking about it. So yeah, just whoever, I'm curious to know who, who would be some matchups you would have wanted to see or, you know, or just who did you live through? And was like, wow, that was really cool. I got to see this person pitch to, okay, like we were talking about him earlier today. I remember at bats where Roger Clemens is pitching to Barry Bonds, watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And it was like, stop what you're doing. These Go two are going yeah. at it. <laughs> you know? Let's see it. So this just had me thinking of different pitching matchups. It wasn't necessarily I wanted to see a guy hit a home run or strike him out. Just how would it look? How would it look? Yeah. You know, this uh, guy pitching to him. That'd be crazy. I think, you know what I've always kind of thought about? Mm. I'd want to see Barry in like the pinstripes. How many more home runs would this guy oh, have that, hit? In that ballpark? Yeah, in yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. I dude hits 800 probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably even more than 800. Probably. Yeah, like it would have yeah. been... Yeah, because you're hitting them off there out into the McCovey Cove in San Francisco. It's a lot farther than it would be just on that little short porch in Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium or in Boston. I wouldn't mind seeing power against power too, like Jacob DeGrom versus Barry Bonds. Yeah, exactly. These kind of matchups. I would think that'd be epic. <laughs> right. You know, how would it look? And also I had like in that same kind of vein I had for a different reason. I had Ty Cobb mm-hmm. hitting against Pedro Martinez. So no, because again, Ty Cobb. I know. I know. I feel like Pedro just beams him and walks away. <laughs> no, no, but that's just it. See, that was part of it because Ty Cobb. Already. Yeah. Ty Cobb is a different individual and Pedro wasn't going to put up with no. it. So you say something to him. He just might hit you. He's like, here you go. 90, 95 oh, right here. Right. You're going to call me a what? Okay. 95 to the dome. Eat this. <laughs> but Ty Cobb probably would respect it. And tip his cap, keep you type of scenario. Yeah, exactly. But you can remember Ty Cobb hit. He's the all-time record holder for the highest lifetime batting average. Mm-hmm. Again, his lifetime average is 366. Lifetime. So you hit 366 in any season just about now, you win the batting title easily. Yeah, it ain't close. <laughs> and he's that's lifetime for this dude. So like I picked a year he hit uh I think 411. It was a year. I was like, okay, that version against Pedro in 99. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, here's peak Pedro, peak Ty Cobb. How does this look? Because Pedro's stuff back then, again, before your time, it was basically the best fastball, curveball, changeup, all in the same dude. And, okay, here, Ty Cobb, hit this. Mm -hmm. Can you do it? Now, Ty's going to be up there. Well, I hit 366 lifetime. I can hit a a, a pitch, throw it. Let's see what happens. And, yes, the personalities involved would add an extra layer to it. (laughs) Definitely adding a layer. Make sure you guys catch that. Where can they catch it, Jamal? It is at Brother on Baseball. It's on sportsbums.com. You can find us on Twitter. Instagram, we are everywhere. I look for the trolls. There you go. <laughs> I'm just gonna get you like Troll Nation shirt. And then like our Search, uh, searching for and our baseball podcast fantasy league. Yeah, we're dominating in that too. Hell yeah! So come get some. Like you said, you guys can find us on sportsbomb.com, any social media site. There it is. <laughs> look forward to anything you guys have to say on there. There's always a bunch of great stuff on there. So dingers and K's, dingers and K's. There's everything out there. Yeah, everything you can think of, we put out there. Stay tuned. We always got more. I'm trying to think. We'll see how it goes this weekend, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mets, Dodgers this weekend. Rivalry coming in next week. Hot. Yes. Coming in real hot. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. Much love.